Hello, and welcome to episode 128 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Amanda H., Jonathan L., Michelle M., and Mauli K. to The Modern Manager community. I hope that you are finding the episode guides, guest bonuses, and for some of you, the group coaching calls helpful on your Rockstar Manager journey. If you want personalized support from me and other Rockstar Managers, you can become a member and for $50 a month, join our two group coaching calls each month where we talk through your specific challenges. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more. And if you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. I also want to give a shout out to Morgan D, who told her boss that I should be their keynote speaker at their company retreat. I had a great time speaking to her organization on the topic of managing change for yourself and your team. It was based on episode 116, so if you are interested in that topic, you can hear about it in that episode, which I have linked to in the show notes. If your organization is looking for a keynote for an upcoming retreat, I would love to be your guest speaker. Send me an email, mamie at mamieks.com to inquire. Okay, today is all about planning during uncertainty. We're in that time of year where many organizations and teams are doing their planning for next year, and we are in the midst of a pandemic that's created a ton of uncertainty. And this uncertainty is both external in terms of how the world is functioning and how teams operate and what our organizations can do, but also our day-to-day lives, like will my children be in school today or are they going to end up staying home on Zoom? Will I have time to get through my to-do list or will I be pulled into another emergency meeting? Will there be bread at the grocery store? Will I feel safe enough to travel and take that vacation that I desperately need? Will it be too cold to meet outside with my friends this weekend? All of this uncertainty, whether it's about the marketplace or COVID or anything else, makes it difficult to plan anything, let alone a year of goals and initiatives. So in this episode, I'll walk through a few different approaches to planning during uncertainty that can help your team or your organization as it thinks about the future, as well as you and your individual team members as you plan for your daily work. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. According to authors Brian P. Morgan and Michael Lennington in their book, The 12-Week Year, the fact that we do annual planning at all just doesn't really make any sense. Even in normal times, one year is a really long time to plan for, but it is especially hard to envision a year from now when the world's future is so unknown. So instead of making guesses, because let's be honest, when we are planning that far in advance, a lot of times that's exactly what we're doing, these authors recommend that we shorten the timeline. This way we can forecast and set goals with a bit more accuracy, because it is way easier to predict what will happen in three months than what will happen in a year. Now, one of the added perks of this 12-week planning cycle is that it creates not only greater accuracy for your goals, but a healthy bit of urgency. I can attest to this because I feel it all the time. When I have a long timeline, we can become complacent or distracted because it feels like we've got plenty of time, we can prioritize other things. And in bigger organizations, it's easy to let these other priorities or bureaucracy slow us down. But when you only have three months or eight weeks or whatever your shortened timeline is that you're planning for, you make different choices because the end is already in sight. You don't have time to slow down. Now, it's not that we need the sense of urgency. And for sure, we don't want to be adding on more stress to an already stressful situation. 
but more that it is helpful when the end is in sight because we can plan more accurately and it can help us prioritize against all the things that are competing for our attention. Now, if you've already set your annual goals or your organization requires annual goals, that's fine. There is no need to overly worry about convincing your boss that you don't need annual goals this year. Instead, use whatever goals you've already created and recalibrate them to 12-week goals for yourself and your team. Consider them like critical milestones on the way to that annual goal. These will serve a similar function, and you can share them with your boss as a way to indicate and set early expectations that this is what you believe might be possible under the current circumstances. In addition to shortening this timeline, you can also create scenario plans based on different assumptions. What happens if there's a COVID vaccine that comes out in early January? What if we go into full shutdown mode again, and all your team members who have kids are now at home doing Zoom school? What if the economy tanks even worse? What if we have an outbreak in one of our facilities? By articulating these scenarios and the assumptions they're based on, you do a few helpful things. First, you get your team aligned so you can make better decisions together. It is really hard to plan and make decisions as a group when people have different expectations or assumptions. Regardless of whether everyone personally agrees with the assumptions, you've collectively agreed that these are the circumstances that you're planning for. Second, you can establish check-in points and indicators for your various assumptions and scenarios. For example, if your plans are predicated on a vaccine by mid-March, if the FDA is reporting in January that there aren't any vaccines likely to be available by then, you can shift your plans. For each of your assumptions about the state of the world, try to determine if there is a sign you can look for a few weeks or months before the end of your planning timeline that would give you enough certainty with enough runway to be able to shift your plans if you needed to. The other way to use scenario plans is to take all of your scenarios and look for the activities or goals that don't change no matter what the world is like. Are you going to hold that online summit regardless of whether people can travel? Are you going to launch that new product campaign no matter what? It is reassuring for your team members to know that these goals and initiatives are unlikely to shift, even with all the uncertainty that exists. This helps your team invest with their full energy because they know their efforts aren't going to go to waste. Now, the other way to use indicators and check-ins is for your activities and goals. Part of what's hard about some goals is that you don't have a lot of control over their outcomes. I talked about this in episode 112, how to use the three types of goals. By setting check-in points where you get to reflect and ask, is what we're doing working? Are we on track to reach our goals? You give yourself time to revise your plans and make different decisions. In addition, you can set minimum, target, and optimal goals. Instead of saying, we want three new customers or 2,000 new Instagram followers or a two-hour turnaround on customer service inquiries, decide what your minimum threshold is. What do you need to achieve to keep things going? What is the least you could accomplish and still be okay? And to be clear, it's not that I'm saying that this is what you're aiming for at all. It's just that you're being explicit with your team and your boss about the bottom of acceptable. Because if something is going to have to give, you want to make sure that it's not going to drop below that line. Then you get to have your target. This is what you think you will realistically be able to accomplish. And then you have your optimal, which is what you would really like to achieve and maybe what you would normally set your goal for if circumstances weren't what they are. By having a minimum target and optimal goal numbers, you begin to set expectations for your team and your boss. If they know what you're aiming for and the uncertainty that surrounds it, it is easier to have those tough conversations to let them know if you're not going to hit that target goal. And the same works for your team members. If they are setting their own goals, they can bring their thoughts about minimum, target, and optimal for you for enhancement and alignment. This way, you're not caught by surprise when three weeks or six weeks in, they're not on target to hit their goals. 
Now, no matter what goals or plans you set, regular communication is key. If you learn something about your capacity or your situation changes, or if there's new information, talk with your team and your boss about what this means for your goals and your plans. It is critical that everyone accepts that all your goals and plans are just your best guess. Because even if everyone is putting forward their best efforts, things are going to change and evolve. Try not to be wedded to any particular strategy or outcome or goal because we just don't know right now. Flexibility is the value or the mindset that you need to embrace. Try not to be overly hard on yourself or your team members if you don't perform as strong as usual. And when you need to adjust or pivot partway through, it's not a sign that you did something wrong. It's a sign that you're doing something right. Everyone is in the same boat right now. We are all dealing with similar levels of uncertainty, regardless of whether your organization is thriving or withering right now. Just because you're doing well in this moment doesn't mean it's going to last. Just like struggling right now doesn't mean you won't recover. The last part of planning for uncertainty is dealing with the uncertainty in your and your team members' daily lives. It is really hard to project how much you're going to get done when you don't know if you're going to have nine hours of uninterrupted time or three hours scattered throughout the day. You can build some of your projections into your plans, making an average capacity guess, but also know that most of us aren't working at our top performance levels to begin with. We have got tons of added stress, so even without the capacity constraints, our brains and energy levels just are lower than usual. So get comfortable with the idea that you and your colleagues are not going to be 100% no matter what. That's not to say that you won't all try your hardest and do amazing work. But you also need to be protective because you don't want people to burn out. And right now, pretty much everyone I know is feeling exhausted. Second, prioritize your personal must-haves. Just like we talked about with the team, which goals are most important? What is the minimum acceptable level for some of your activities? Be clear with yourself about what needs your full attention and what can be done good enough, what can be delayed, and what can be completely let go of, at least for the time being. And lastly, whether or not you live by your calendar or hate your calendar, schedule your time. Just like planning is your best guess at the next 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks, look at your calendar each week, I like to do this Monday morning, and make a plan for what you're going to do when. Your plan is going to change. But without a plan, it is way too easy to spend all your valuable time figuring out what to do rather than knowing exactly what needs to get done. This is especially helpful if you have work that needs uninterrupted focus. If you know that it's particularly hard for yourself to get two straight hours, identify the most likely time in your calendar and protect it. Do whatever you need to do to keep those times free from meetings, get some childcare support, whatever it is. Doesn't always work, but having a plan is usually better than no plan. Everything I just described applies to your work life, but also to your home life. I've had so many conversations with my husband and with my kids about similar situations with planning, with setting goals, with protecting time. So use these strategies in any space of your life where it's helpful. The mini guide for today's episode is available at themodernmanager.com slash mini guides. To get the full guide to today's episode, join the Modern Manager community. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join, and for $15 a month, you get episode guides and guest bonuses to help you implement all your learnings from each episode. And when you join, you get access to all the previous guides and bonuses, and there's some really fantastic stuff there. If you want just this episode guide, you can purchase it and any other full guide at themodernmanager.com slash shop. 
The links are in the show notes and in your inbox, along with that free mini guide if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can get on at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.